0: All right, guys, welcome back here at Southeastern 14 with Brian Edwards. Once again, our weekly discussion uh, looking at SEC football betting. And real quickly before we hop in, as always, be sure to reach out if you want to help sponsor or advertise on the show. uh, You see the uh, email there at the bottom, caroline.smith at southeastern14.com. Reach out to her and uh, yeah, let's talk about advertising or sponsoring the show. We'll talk about our other sponsor chomps here. In just a bit. But we appreciate you guys, as always, uh, reaching out to help us out here. Do more of these shows with Brian. Do more shows on the channel. So uh, we do appreciate that. But let's jump into the betting. Brian, fun slate here. Uh, We've got all kinds of SEC matchups. The ones we like here, you know, slates that are nothing but SEC games. And that's what we have. Seven games on the schedule. I know there are certain ones that you're kind of identifying as uh, games you are betting on. Others we'll talk about uh, kind of in less detail Uh, ones that maybe you have some leans on or no plays on just yet. And we'll look ahead to the lines for next week as well. But all right, Brian, let's start with uh, one game. I know you are betting on, already have, and that is going to be the showdown in Arlington with Arkansas and Texas A&M. Feels like it's always a wild game between these two teams. I know last year's game, uh, very interesting in terms of how it played out. But the Hogs, 7-point underdogs in this one, Um, I think it's moved down a little bit since then. I know you liked it uh, there when you betted at seven, but um, Hogs and Aggies, of course, the big news of the week for either team involving uh, Connor Wegman out for the season, Max Johnson, going to be the guy moving forward for the Aggies.
1: Yeah, not a, not a, not a bad plan B. I've always been consistent on Max Johnson. He is an above average SEC quarterback. I don't think he'll ever be elite, but, and he's not going to, but he's not going to get you beat. And for a backup QB to have a 42 to 7 career TDINT ratio is pretty doggone good. Um, so, but I do like Arkansas, as you noted. I, I've got it plus seven. So the number is six and a half at most books right now. I would buy that half point to the key number of seven. And like Blake noted, just some wild games out at Jerry World, uh, seemingly every year in Arkansas. Is seemingly creates a new way to lose every year, um, and last year was just the topper—the KJ fumble, the return for like 20 yards, and then the—I I think the other DB more more just like took it from him, <laughs> and, and then he rumbles the other way, 13-point swing. And I say that because they missed the extra point, and then you Cam Little's field goal late hits the top of the crossbar, or the, I'm sorry, not the crossbar, the top of the goalpost. I don't think I'd ever seen one hit the exact top of the goalpost and and then I read a, a day later that NFL goalposts are five feet higher so it would have been good on any other any college venue but anyhow um so I wrote down last Saturday night I wrote down am minus three if Rocket Sanders plays and is close to 100 percent I wrote down minus five. Without, I don't know that we know if he's playing or not. Um, I, I feel like he's definitely going to dress out and warm up and see see where they go from there. Uh, that's kind of my thinking right now. I've actually talked to a couple Arkansas media guys, and I got two completely different opinions. So, <laughs> of course. so that that only confused me even more. So, but look, Dubinian uh, looked good. Uh, Last week, he had 78 rushing yards on just uh, 15 carries, and the freshman tied in, Lucas, who was the prize of their recruiting class. This guy is legit. Two uh, touchdown catches last uh, week, and he's now in four games, 15 receptions, 239 yards, and three touchdowns Arkansas under Sam Pittman has been an underdog 21 times, and they are 14, six and one against the spread. And, and although AM has won 10 of the last 11 head to head meetings, only two of those last nine wins have been by a margin of seven or more. So no reason to think we won't get another uh, very close one possession game. And with that in mind, I'm on Arkansas, again, by the half point from six and a half to seven if you didn't get seven early in the week like I did. And um, not against a little baby, baby play of the Hogs plus 200 on the money line, but obviously at least 75 to 80% of what you're risking on this game I would do on the Hogs plus the seven.
0: Yeah, should be interesting. Like you said, Always, uh, it's, it's always entertaining, this game. Um, and I don't think it's going to let anyone down. Again, this season, uh, given kind of where both teams are at, heading into it. All right, let's talk about uh, the South Carolina-Tennessee game, which I know a little bit more interesting depending on who plays, who doesn't play. Uh, Tennessee, a couple injuries I know you're going to note on that front potentially that can impact this. But the Gamecocks are, you know, less than a couple touchdown underdog here. Um, 12, 12 and a half is the number. Um, You like the South Carolina team heading into the revenge game for Tennessee here in terms of uh, covering this number in Knoxville.
1: Yeah. I think the revenge factor has been way over accounted for in the line. I actually made Tennessee a five and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, and all my other sec numbers were uh, within one and a half points or less. And I'm seven points off on this one, but this is what I love. I love when that happens and uh-huh. it means I love South Carolina. Um, so, and then that was before I find out Jalen Wright, Tennessee's leading rusher with 45 carries for 312 yards and 6.9 yards per carry average. He's going to be a game-time decision, as is Ramel Keaton, who leads them in receiving yards with 205 yards on 12 receptions and three touchdowns. So, I mean, I liked it anyway. And the main reason I like it uh, – well, I mainly want to talk about Spencer Rattler, but let me – before I forget, let me give you this one stat – um, in the last 13 head-to-head meetings between these teams, Tennessee has beaten South Carolina by more than four points, only twice. And they would have to beat them, you know, by eight and a half, plus the four, uh, or I guess they would have to do plus nine. They'd have to win by 13 to beat us, because uh, I got 12 and a half. Um, Rattler's just playing spectacular. Um, I don't know if, if, if I mean... I'm not saying he's going to get drafted higher or, but I just don't know if if there's been a quarterback in the month of September that I think has been better than Spencer Rattler. I don't think there is 18 of 20 last week, 288 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And let's not forget, he he basically has no running game and it's not like the offensive line is elite whatsoever. I mean, it's probably a little below average and he also had 43 rushing yards uh, on, on eight attempts. And, you know, they obviously missed Juice Wells. But, man, Xavier Leggett is just, I mean, stepping up in a big way. So he catches five balls last week for 189 yards and two touchdowns. And now in four games, he's got 27 receptions, 556 yards, and three tutties. And Rattler's completing 74.2% of his passes. And look, the Roadrunners, who Tennessee beat handily last week, were without their all-time leading passer, Frank Harris, without their uh, best wide receiver in DeCorian Clark. Tennessee's really only played one decent team in Florida and they lost by double digits. I know they've got the revenge angle, but they're also facing Spencer Rattler who how many did he have 6 or 7 touchdown passes in that game last year? It was a <laughs> so lot. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And um and he's playing better now than he was at that point, so give me the gamecocks plus the uh 12 or 12 and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm going to find Here's here's his numbers for this season. You pointed at a couple of them, but it's like 95 completions, 128 attempts, 74.2% completion percentage, as you noted, 1,242 yards, seven touchdowns, couple of interceptions. Of course, the, the unfortunate note, um, if you're looking for a trend in the wrong direction, he's already gotten sacked 16 times this season. He got sacked 31 times last season, so already halfway there, um, You know, only four games in. So that is something definitely of note uh, that I think you look at just kind of where, where that sits. But I'm trying to find the numbers from last season. I don't know why I can't. Pull it up right now, but I am going to find it uh, on what he did against Tennessee last year. And I know I know South Carolina fans, fans probably haven't burned in their memory right now. I know Tennessee fans I, I, probably haven't burned in their I, memory right now. But I actually remember, have it. You've got it. it. OK,
1: 30 of 37, 430, 438 yards. It was only
0: six, six, six touchdowns. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Only six
0: and no, no interceptions, no interceptions. It was uh, quite a performance, of course. Yeah, 63-38 last season. Um, that was, yeah, one of those games that, again, I don't think either fan base is going to forget anytime soon unless Tennessee comes out here and uh, really takes care of business and of the Vols. As we've said, revenge on the mind. We'll see how far that can take them against uh, a South Carolina team that, again, saw how they played at Georgia. Um have done a lot of good things since that North Carolina game. Um, so we'll see what happens there in that matchup. All right. Uh, those are the two solid picks. I know you've got some thoughts on some of these other games. Um, So let's go to Georgia, um, who is going to travel to Auburn. That's a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kickoff on CBS. Um, I know you mentioned in your notes to me you have a lean on this game. Um, not completely sold maybe one way or the other, but I'm curious to see which way you're going to lean here because I've looked at this game. And it is one where I think, you know, to me, it's very clear. If Auburn's going to win this, this thing cannot be a shootout. Um, they cannot have this as a high-scoring type game because the passing game I just don't think supports it. If you look at the strength of Auburn's offense, the running game, eh, Georgia's pretty good at stopping the run Um, and the ability, you know, to kind of slow down uh, opponents on that. So, I, I don't know. I I just – here's my thing on this one, Brian. I, I look at Auburn, I just – try to find a way for them to keep up offensively um, with the passing game, knowing that Georgia is a team that, um, you know, again, the schedule has been what it is, but I still think that Georgia defense is pretty remarkable at times. And I just feel like putting a lot of pressure potentially on Peyton Thorne and company here to deliver through the air. They're going to be stacking everything possible to make Jarquez Hunter beat them. But um curious to see which way you're leaning here.
1: Well, it's a a definite lean uh, to Georgia. Right now, most books are at 14 and a half, but it looks like DraftKings and Caesars have it at 14. I haven't played it yet. I might play it, um, and I would only play it at 14. Now, I I would, you know, if it's 14 and a half, I could pay the minus 120 juice and buy it to 14. But let's say it drifts up to 15 and a half, which would not surprise me at all between now and kickoff. um, We've got a good, you know, uh, forty-eight hours. Uh, or when, I don't know what. Uh, this game starts three uh, thirty Eastern kick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So right, right at about forty-eight hours. So, um, uh, like you laid out, I, I just don't see where Auburn, uh, gets much offense in this game. I mean, they were abysmal offensively against Cal. Um, I didn't really watch my, my I was dialed into other games during that noon, uh, slot last week. I, I and but I you know, obviously looked at the box score and Auburn's only touchdown was a defensive touchdown. I mean, you got to think at some point, Hugh Freeze is too good of an offensive coach for them not to get some things going. But I don't know that Georgia's defense is exactly what the doctor ordered to get right for an uh, Auburn offense that is struggling. The You know, the only thing that just kind of, you know, makes me hesitate is, is just Jordan is just such a a wild venue. And you just, you know, crazy, crazy things happen there quite often. Now more so it, it it tends to happen to Florida or Alabama, but of course there was the, the game with Nick Marshall um, where two Georgia guys tipped it. And then all of a sudden it just fell in the air to the, to the Auburn receiver um, on like a fourth and 18 play. Um, obviously that was that a decade ago. I think it was a decade ago, (laughs) but yeah, it has been a minute, but you just have some wild results at Jordan here. So, um, Georgia pass for me, um, and I might be on Georgia. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't have a lot of confidence, probably Auburn scoring wise. And look, Georgia hasn't been perfect either, but, um, That's the thing is like, and we've seen some of these games. We've seen the Missouri game last year. We've seen the South Carolina game for a half or so this year. Um, You know, it's not like Georgia has been completely invincible in terms of performance. Now they've they've won all these games, but um, yeah, I just, I would want to see it more from Auburn here in the passing game, especially, Um, you know, just before I would probably fully buy into the fact that Auburn, they're going to have to make this a grind. Like I said, it's got to be low scoring, I think for them to. Have a chance and really grind things out, um, which could happen if you just run the ball and keep it away from Georgia. That's that's the formula for success, I think. Here, so all right, let's go to uh, another game here with um, Missouri and Vanderbilt. Another one that is big for you know multiple reasons here. I think for Missouri, um, we're all kind of looking ahead to a potential five and O Missouri hosting LSU next week in Columbia, which would be just you know, the next biggest game of Eli Drinkwitz's uh, career at Missouri so far after the probably Kansas State game and on to this next one. If they can get this win at Vanderbilt, a team that has been reeling, has lost three straight, given up points left and rights, um, still got some studs offensively, I think, especially those top three wide receivers. Uh, quarterback position, we'll see what that looks like in this game. But um, man, this is you know, we kind of, we said this last week after the Kansas State game. We're like, boy, that Memphis game feels like one where it's just the ultimate letdown spot for Missouri. They wind up winning the game. Now they go on the road to a team that I think is just kind of in desperation mode at this point. Um, I just, I think Missouri is just a more complete team here, but that's a lot of points for a Missouri team that's let uh, a lot of people hang around this season, Brian. So I don't know about this one. This is one I'm not too sure on.
1: Yeah. So, um, Vandy under Clark Lee as a home underdog eleven times three and eight against the spread. Now in this specific rivalry, uh, Mizzou Vandy seven of the last nine games have been decided by ten points or fewer, so that stat would bode well for Vandy's chances here. Um, and in the last eleven head-to-head, Missouri's eight and three straight up, but only four and seven against the spread. So Vandy is covered uh, more often than not at a seven and four. Uh, clip. So I saw earlier, uh, as you mentioned, the top three receivers, and obviously Will Shepard uh, and uh, Jaden McGow- McGowan being two of them, and the f- true freshman, London Humphreys, uh, who's got 12 receptions, 299 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he is questionable. Uh, Clark Lee said earlier today that A.J. Swan is a game-time uh, decision with an elbow injury, but um, there it, it seems to be some uh, smoke out there that it might be Ken Seals, uh, you know, perhaps regardless. And, you know, he played a lot his first two years, uh, not so much the last two years, but, uh, in some backup duty this year seven of 11, 96 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So, um, there's only one team in the country that's 0 and 5 against the spread. That is Vandy. Um, there are not many teams in the country that, um, don't have an under yet this year but Vandy uh, let's see Buffalo LSU and Boston College are four0 to the over Vandy is 40 and1 so they're one of just four teams that have yet to see an under and that total 54 and a half at most books uh, I know we talked about it off the air uh, Tuesday uh, multiple like college football, injury slash fantasy, uh, Twitter accounts. Um, just it popped that, uh, Brady Cook and Luther Burden were questionable, but now I've looked on multiple injury reports. Neither one of them are listed. I did a Twitter search on both guys and I did the latest and there's nothing about Brady Cook and, um, and Luther Burden, uh, being injured since, Tuesday afternoon when, when those, uh, reports popped up. So I think they are fine. Um, you know, I, I, am tempted to take the over. I just, you know, I I wonder, you know, uh, if seals were to get hurt, is, is Swan, is he healthy enough, uh, to play? I mean, obviously, you know, Mike Wright's long gone now. um, So I just I'm a little worried about the scoring from the Vandy uh, point of view. Now, you know, they certainly have three really good receivers, assuming Humphreys plays. And so anyway, it's a pass right now. Um, But I don't know if the if the total were to dip, maybe I would think about it if we were to get to like 52 or so. Um, But right now I'm a fence sitter and (laughs) it's a pass for me.
0: All right. Thoughts on this uh, Florida-Kentucky game? Because I think this is one that I've gone back and forth on this. When I saw this line open, I want to say it opened, I don't know if it was three one and a half, three Was it three? Okay, okay. So maybe I saw it a little after. It was down to two and a half. I think it's bumped up to, there was three there for a time. Now, it's, is it one and a half now? Um, well, um, it,
1: it's mostly one. and. Yeah. I saw Circa, uh, yeah, Circa is still at pick, uh, but every everybody else seems to be at one uh, with a total of 45. So the Gators had won 31 in a row over Kentucky, but if Kentucky wins Saturday, that would be their third straight win over Florida, and it would be their fourth win in the last uh, six head-to-head meetings now when it's a one-point spread I really don't think that you know your stats as a home favorite or as an underdog are really that relevant but I'll just throw them out anyway so as a head coach Billy Napier 18 six and one against the spread with 11 outright victories uh, since 2019 Kentucky 15 and 9 against the spread last 24 as a home uh favorite. And Kentucky is twenty nine and nine straight up uh last thirty eight um at home. Uh the under is three oh and one for Florida. Uh I will say Billy Napier is is pretty trustworthy for you know, for coaches in terms of putting out a depth chart, injury report, and it being accurate. Whereas, you know, Kyle Whittingham had us thinking Cam Rising was gonna start against Florida a month ago and um Cam Rising still hasn't played yet. So um, I I think it's a good sign for Florida. Eugene Wilson listed as a starter. The freshman receiver who went out, uh, I want to say, late first, early second against Tennessee with a collarbone injury. Missed last week's game. Apparently, he's going to play, as is our starting center, whose last name, uh, Blake, is excellent at pronouncing. Kingsley
0: Agwukon.
1: Agwukon. There we go. Agwukon. Missed last week's game. He's only played once against Tennessee, but apparently he's playing this week. All of that is good news uh, for uh, the Gators. Um, with all that said, I made Kentucky three. It's down to one. I slightly lean to Kentucky. Maybe it's an emotional hedge. I, I haven't bet Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, I, I have done my contest where I have to pick 25 specific games and I pick Kentucky. So I lean Kentucky, but I hope I'm wrong. But if any of your list, our listeners tell me gambling wise, hope you win.
0: Listen, I was, I was on Kentucky when it was two and a half. So now that it's moving down more, I feel better about this, but listen, if you, if I'm betting against you, you're in good shape. So um, congratulations, Florida fans. You are probably doing quite well, which you're also doing quite well, Brian. This is, I mean, what, what better segue each week when we talk about our friends at Chomps here? Because, um, I mean, every time we talk about the Florida game, we've got to bring up the huge Chomps logo. Because, guys, I've been telling you about Chomps, uh, they're one of our sponsors here at Southeastern 14. And just a great snack. We you, we told you about it. Find it in the description. 15% off if you want to order some chomps and um really help us out at the channel uh, you get 15 percent off your first order sc14 is the code um again just go to that description below check out all the information you need on chomps great protein snack uh, they got a lot of different flavors i've got a bunch in here in the cabinet um they all taste good i'm telling you as a protein guy i, I love them they're fantastic so go check out our friends at Chomps, especially Gator fans. Come on, there's nothing else um, that you want other than the Chomps, right? So that's there true. you go, our friends at Chomps. We appreciate them sponsoring the show and here at Southeast 14. But all right, another SEC game. The only other one we haven't talked about yet, which uh, this is another one. Or actually, is there two we haven't talked about yet? Two. Um, LSU, two, LSU right. Ole Miss and Let's, Bama yeah, LSU Ole Miss, another one with a very low spread here um I think this one lSU still two and a half most from what I'm seeing favorites on the road and this is one of those Brian that I just I want no part of when you have this kind of game two and a half is the number not up to that key number at three I think if it got to old Miss plus three which it seems like it's moving in that direction I could be wrong on that I think the last time I checked it was getting close don't know if it'll get there but we still have you know a couple days um I would probably take a Take a flyer on Ole Miss for the field goal. Cause I, I don't but then again it's like that was a little deflating what we saw last week at Alabama. But this is a home game. LSU's not been the most consistent team. Uh, you know, we kind of saw things play out against Arkansas last week. I still think LSU's the better team, but it's a tricky one, I think. Here
1: it is. And um I made LSU minus three as it sits at two and a half. Um and, and right now, uh, it is two and a half, but, but you you might be onto something with it potentially trickling up to three because I see a couple of offshores have, have at least put a little extra juice on LSU. It's still two and a half, but they've got minus 115 juice and actually DraftKings has got minus 112 juice. So uh, the total is anywhere. I see a 66 at Caesars, but a 68 at the Westgate. Um, super book. So just some stats here. Um, the over is five and one in the last six head to head meetings, but only two of those uh, would have gone over 67. They had a, a 95 and a one Oh one, but the other uh, combined scores have been 65, uh, 48, 61 and 64. Um, LSU has only been a road favorite four times under Brian Kelly. One and three against the spread, but one and oh, this year at Mississippi State, they were 0 and three ATS last year. Um, as a home underdog in our Lane Kiffin, uh, Ole Miss is three and two against the spread with a one outright uh win. LSU is six and one straight up, five and two against the spread. The last seven head to head meetings with the Rebels and four of those wins have come by 16 points or more. Um, but I, I am also kind of like you, like if, if it would have moved to three or even three and a half, although I doubt it would come off that key number and and I had confidence Trey Harris was going to yeah. be healthy, that might change some things because you got to think Zachary Franklin and, and pre scorn are going to be a lot more healthy this week. They both played last week. They only had one catch apiece. Um, but you would think that maybe both those guys would, you know, More practices, more reps, you know, more snaps. You would think, I'm guessing, obviously. Um, And I'm not implying Lane would be on a hot seat, but um, I think this is an important game for Lane. You know, he did a lot of things to piss off the Ole Miss brass and the fan base late last year. And um, I know they've had some injuries, but, uh, man, that game was right there for the taking last week. Alabama's offense was so bad in the first half. Uh, Ole Miss should have had that lead at halftime. And uh, they just did not play very well. And uh, I I think this is a a big, big game uh, for Lane and another one on deck. That's a big game with Arkansas next week. So it's a pass for me. Um, So, yeah, I just said a lot to say nothing.
0: I'm (laughs) offensive. Well, maybe you got more to say about Alabama, Mississippi State, because this is one. uh, I think another interesting one, Um, you know, Alabama going on the road here, Mississippi State, it you know, came close to South Carolina, but still, um, you know, this is one where I, I think, to me, Mississippi State's offense is still a work in progress. I feel like it's still kind of a mystery here. I don't know exactly what they're going to do game in and game out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Alabama feels like it, it, it found something finally just to, you know, they lose a game last week. And like we said, sky's falling if they lose a game like that at home. Um, but they find a way to win, win by a couple touchdowns. And now maybe that gives them the momentum they need to, to really kind of spring forward here. Um, but again, this is one too I'd, I'd probably stay away from. Don't have a great feel on with this one just because I I still think it's fair to question Alabama's offense even after yes last week. So <laughs> no, no that that offense still has a long, long, long yeah. way to go, and and
1: it's just not wise to lay a lot of points with a team that's struggling offensively. Um, it kind of reminds me uh, of the, of the Iowa game this week. I mean, they're playing Sparty, uh, Michigan state who uh, should be at the top or toward the top of everybody's fade list right now, but just on principle, you can't lay double digits with Iowa, that pathetic offense. And, uh, I'm now I'm not pardon Alabama fans. I'm not putting your offense in in (laughs) that level of the abyss by any stretch. I'm not trying to do that, but, um, But Alabama still is a work in progress offensively, to say the least. And um, Mississippi State, at least Will Rogers got going again last week. Now, another big factor in this game is Joe Quavius Marks, who I also did a Twitter search on earlier. And there's just nothing to be found whatsoever. Uh, But, you know, he's had a a nice year and he, uh, you know, popped up as questionable either Monday or Tuesday. But there really hadn't been any word on it since then. But I want to point out on this game uh, two main things. Um, one, Mississippi State has been brutal, or like brutal, brutally bad as a home underdog lately. One and eight against the spread, their last nine uh, such spots. And Alabama has won 15 in a row over the Bulldogs, 11 and four against the spread in those 15 wins. And their last five wins have been my margins of 24, 40, 41, 31, and 24. So um, I think it's Alabama or pass. But again, I, I just can't – I can't lay points with Bama uh, or, or I can't lay more than two touchdowns with Bama um, struggling offensively. Now, in my contest where I have to pick 25, I did take Bama based on just their head-to-head domination lately. Um so if you could get fourteen, I would. I guess I would offer a slight lean to Bama, but um, in terms of my money, uh, cash money ducats, uh, I'm not risk. <laughs> I'm not risking any on this one.
0: All right. Before we look ahead, and we'll wrap up with our our look ahead lines uh, for Week Six. Brian's got a another play here, uh, a nice you know Friday night play. That's that's what we're looking for. We need more of those Friday night plays here in college football. You're going to go uh, close your ears, Arkansas fans. Uh BYU playing Cincinnati here. And uh this is one where the Bearcats favored by what is it? I think one and a half, two, something like that. Uh that's a Friday night matchup. I know you're going to the to the Cougars here, Brian, who uh again, Arkansas fans, um hold years your ears here. Yeah,
1: so I liked BYU. I made BYU a four and a half point favorite, and I mm. saw it at two and a half to three and I, I I didn't bet it right away, um, but I, I remember in my car on Tuesday, I was like, okay, I get, when I get back to the house, I got, I got to plug that in. I don't want to move over three. I get back to the house, and they're, they're underdogs, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? I, I look for injuries, can't find anything. Turns out, uh, I talked to a friend in Vegas that a... Um, a pick service released the Bearcats as one of their plays, and and this pick service apparently has a lot of subscribers and a lot of money came in on Cincinnati, and BYU was plus two and a half at one point. Looks like there's been some action bringing it down, and right now, um, and, and it was one and a half two, like probably two hours ago, but right now most books are at one. Uh, even looks like uh, one offshore uh, is now at them. but again, I. I like to BYU at minus two and a half or three. Uh, they have won outright in their last four games, the home underdog. They are 19 and three straight up in their last 22 uh, home games. Uh, BYU wins outright uh, as, as Blake noted at Arkansas two weeks ago. Now they do lose 38 to 27 at Kansas last week, but that was a back-to-back uh, road spot. Uh, Kansas is good. And Kansas scored two defensive touchdowns. So, uh, kind of a misleading final there, and who knows without those two turnovers, who who knows how that game uh, would have turned out. But I, I think BYU is playing well, and Cincinnati on a short week of preparation is, you know, flying across time zones and into altitude, and at an unfamiliar venue. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Cincinnati has never played at BYU, or I don't think they have played their last couple decades at least so uh I'm going to go with BYU um plus the one or again if this line moves between now and Saturday I would lay up to 3 uh with BYU against the Bearcats
0: All right we do now look ahead to week 6 we love these look ahead lines to see where everything stands on these uh Georgia and Kentucky Brian looks like Georgia 21 and a half on this one LSU at Missouri. We talked about kind of the potential of a Missouri still being an unbeaten if they beat Vanderbilt this week. Hosting LSU. LSU minus eight. That number right now. Ole Miss minus nine and a half against Arkansas and Alabama and Texas A&M. Another boy. Well, there's some huge games next week in terms of um, divisional uh, you know race here. When you just think of the the matchups, uh, Alabama minus three at Texas A&M.
1: Yeah. So, and it's also interesting. We can kind of compare these lines to what they were in August. So Alabama was eight and a half uh, to A and M back in August, and we know, um, you know, that Alabama uh, has been downgraded significantly, and there there's pointing. To that, uh, and this is that's with a going to a backup quarterback. Although Max Johnson's pretty pretty yeah. good for a backup, uh, but a five and a half point difference um, in terms of the LSU being minus eight at Missouri. Uh, I will point out that, like we saw a couple weeks ago against K State, uh, Eli Drinkwitz is good as a home underdog. In fact, eight times at Mizzou, six and two against the spread with five outright wins as a home underdog. Um, in terms of the Hogs. Uh, I, I think that numbers is pretty rich for Ole Miss. Uh, I would like the Hogs at nine and a half. Um, they are seven and three against the spread in 10 games, the road underdog under Pittman. Pittman is two and one straight up three, and zero against the spread against Kiffin. The only outright loss was that 52 51 thriller. That was as good as any football game played in 2021 when Pittman went for two there in the last minute and they did not get it. Um, and uh correct what I sent you from DraftKings uh, is Georgia 21 and a half uh, to Kentucky. And that game that game was I thought I had my dog on ringer off. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh that that game was twenty-three and a half in the summer as well. And then right as we were about to go in the air, I looked at FanDuel and they are trying to match draft Kings with some look ahead lines and they actually have Georgia at 23 and a half, like it was this summer uh, against Kentucky and they have a money line for Kentucky next week, plus um, nine eighty, oh. And um, they, and FanDuel actually is trying to uh, see DraftKings look ahead lines and raise them because they added a few more in upcoming games. So we've got Alabama, this is all at FanDuel again. Uh, Alabama is eight and a half uh, against Tennessee. That one's at Bryant-Denny. And then Alabama is six and a half to LSU. That also at Bryant-Denny. And that line was seven over the summer. And then uh, Kentucky is plus three at Louisville uh, in the regular season uh, finale. What do they call it? They call it the Governor's Cup, I think, um, I think that's right. Yeah, and Kentucky's plus 115 uh, on the money line in that one. And just for those of you uh, interested in in big games, we've also got a couple more uh, fans who Michigan minus one and a half at Penn State and has Michigan minus three and a half against Ohio State. So there we have some look-ahead lines.
0: Colorado minus one and a half, or excuse me, minus five and a half against Arizona State too. For all of you Coach uh-huh. Prime betters out there, we you know there's a lot of them. Um, every week you got to jump on board to bet for or against. I'm not gonna lie, Brian, I bet against them last week. I thought that number against Oregon was way too low, and turned out to be the case. So, um, good call
1: by you. I was, yes. I was on uh, the other side and took that mm-hmm. L. But it, it was one of those L's where mid, mid, late first quarter, you knew it was coming. You didn't have to hang <laughs> around for the carnage. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not. I like those kind because I either know I'm in or out, and that's it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, all right, before we, we finish here, I'm actually going to throw one more thing. You mentioned this. Uh, I think it's interesting, and I, I think you may have put these out earlier in the week, too. The updated odds to win the SEC East, the SEC West, and the SEC Championship game. I know those have uh, moved quite a bit over the past uh, couple weeks, but uh, curious to see where things are now.
1: Yeah, so, um, and I'm scrolling uh, down to get them, and here they are. All righty, the updated odds to win the SEC West going into Week 5 Bama is the even money favorite plus 100, LSU plus 140, AM plus 800 or 8 to 1, Ole Miss 16 to 1, Arkansas 30 to 1, Auburn 44 to 1 and Mississippi State 140 to 1. So the odds to win the East uh and these are at FanDuel, Georgia minus 550 Uh, The Vols are plus 900 or 9 to 1. The Gators are 16 to 1. Mizzou 22 to 1. Kentucky 23 to 1. Gamecocks 150 to 1. Vandy 500 uh, to 1. Now, well, I guess I I was just wondering why Kentucky has got longer odds than Florida. But the fact that they're at home and only a one-point favorite, okay. I guess I I guess I get yeah. that. Yeah. And then the odds to prevail in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, Georgia minus 135, Bama plus 360, LSU plus 450. The Vols 19 to one. AM 25 to 1. Ole Miss and Florida are both 40 to 1. Kentucky 50 to 1, Missouri 60 to 1, Arkansas 120 to 1. The Gamecocks are 300 to 1, Vandy 500 to 1, and Mississippi State also 500 to 1 odds.
0: There you have it. There are the look ahead lines. We said to week six. uh, If you want to look ahead to the SEC championship game, you can do that, get your bets in on that. But most importantly, uh, the matchups for this week and uh, always great information as usual from Brian. So, Brian, anything you want to plug here before we hop off?
1: Oh, just I'll, I'll help you out. You won't have to say it. Go to that uh, Southeastern 14 YouTube channel and make sure to hit uh, subscribe. And uh, we did, I'm doing a, another um, segment that we started uh, today that'll be up on the YouTube channel later uh, with my buddy Jay Greason as we uh, also broke down some SEC. Uh, gambling nuggets and had a few picks, uh, outside of the SEC as well. So, uh, Jay's a a great guy columnist for the, uh, Chattanooga times free press. So, uh, feel free to check out that segment as well. And, uh, best of luck to everybody, uh, on the weekend. It should be a fun one. Got some really good games.
0: Yep. A lot of fun stuff on the schedule. So as Brian said, check out everything here at Southeastern 14 again, if you want to advertise or sponsor with us, caroline.smith, southeastern14.com. Got a lot of you guys reaching out. We appreciate that. Uh, looking to add more sponsors here as we add more shows to the channel. You guys have seen an increase in that over the past uh, month or so. So a lot more to come here. And hey, basketball season will be here for you. you. know it. You guys know I'll be talking basketball every day. That's just how it works here. Brian will be joining us uh, today. He's, looking at that. He's ready. He texts me. He said, I've got this. He's ready to go, too. So I'm, we'll I'm not ready. Yet. I'm not ready yet.
1: I'm mostly oh, football listen. this week, but I, I'm going to be getting I, into it in the coming weeks.
0: I need a spread right now on Kentucky Gonzaga. I need it ready to go. <laughs> so uh, we'll get all that, too. Brian will be helping us with basketball this season. So it'll be a lot of fun. So check it all out. It's, again, Southeastern 14, hit the like button and the subscribe button always helps us out. We appreciate you guys watching as always. And we will talk to you again here soon at Southeastern 14. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile,